go into the book of Revelation, and hopefully I'll give you some understanding out of this interesting, fascinating book. And we're going to peer into Revelation chapter 2, and then we're going to backtrack to the gospel of Mark chapter 2. So both of them are in the second chapters, if you have your Bibles, we'll begin at Revelation chapter 2. My sermon this morning is called Level Up. How many, how many in this room enjoy playing video games? Or you did at one time? Admittedly so, I did. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, and when I say a few years ago, I mean like the 1980s. How many enjoyed the 1980s? You were alive. I should have played some like Fears for Fears this morning or some 80s music, right? But uh, um, some of you are like, where are the Tears for Fears? You know, I don't know. You go to Google it. Um, but in the 1980s, I remember as, as a teenager, uh, actually really before my teens, arcades became popular. There was a really cool arcade on Dixie Highway at Dixie and Friendies. There was an arcade called Area Code 313. I spent a lot of my dad's quarters in that place and my mom's quarters. I spent a lot of money at Area Code 313. That's back in the day. You would go and you would take that $5 bill or whatever it was. Hopefully, sometimes I wanted 10 but and you'd get your quarters. And you know, I would line up all my quarters on, on Centipede or Dig Dug or Miss Pac-Man or Defender. I'm sounding like a major gaming nerd because I am. But I would, I would play video games for hours. And the whole goal was, was to get better. I wanted to play games. I wanted my quarters to last long. I want you to know, when I first started playing the games, I would go through a $5 bill in about five minutes. Because I would, you know, die quickly. Uh, my game would end very quickly because I wasn't very good. But as I got better, I began to do something what we called leveling up. I would get better at a game where eventually I could actually play a game sometimes for 10 or 20 minutes. That quarter would last me about 10 or 20 minutes because I started getting better at certain games. But it took a lot of time and it took a lot of practice. It was called leveling up. In the spiritual sense, I want to talk to you today just for a few moments about the importance of, a, of, of us as a church and as people that we never are satisfied with where we're at that we want to continue to level up. Amen? I mean, we need, we cannot stay in the same position. Something that Pastor Jen said last week that stuck with me all week. Well, there's a few things. First of all, what's her running scene? That, I just can't stop thinking about her running like this. I don't know, it scratched me up. But she said, it's okay to not be okay. How many remember what she said? It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Amen? It's okay if you're in a season where you're going through some things, but we do not want to stay at that level. We want to level up. Well, in Revelation chapter 1, we find John. We're going to read Revelation chapter 2, but we find John. He is on the island of Patmos, and he has basically uh, been running for his life. And he has this amazing encounter with Jesus here on this island. And, and what happens is, He's, he's in this state. He's in the spirit. The Bible says he's in the spirit. He's in the state of receiving a, a prophetic revelation from God of some things to come and some things that were happening and things that we can find in our life today. Revelation chapter 2, and now we move into the story. Verse 1, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, the Ephesians, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lamps. And so let's stop right there. What are the seven stars? If you study the book of Revelation, you understand those are angels, okay? Messengers. 
So the seven stars and the seven golden lampstands are the seven churches. So once you hear that word, seven lampstands and seven stars, think of seven angels and seven, the seven churches that we've learned a lot about. Verse 2, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you. Look at what he says, that you have, say it with me, abandoned, abandoned the love that you first had, or that you had first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. And I love how God doesn't say that we should regret where we are. He says we should remember where we were. Amen. You see the difference? And remember where your help comes from. Amen. Aren't you think our help comes from God? Amen. Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent. And let's read this next part together. Do, Do the, the works, works you, you did, you did at, at first. first. I read it wrong. You read it right. Do the works you did at first. They didn't really say, and feel the feelings that you felt. But he says, remember, remember, God has called us to change. He's called us to do action. Do the works. Do the things you did at first. I mean, it's a decision. If, if for, the, for a person who has drifted from God, for those maybe who have stayed in the same place, to, to come back to the Father, to come back to that place of intimate relationship, to come back to that place where, where you just, where you should be with God, it says, repent and do the works you did at first. It's a decision. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless we repeat, I repent. So we are called to action. Say that with me. Action. Action. I, I, I witnessed many people at one time. I remember, even in my own life, that first love experience. When someone is first saved. I mean, I, you see people, they are just like, I can't get enough of the Bible. They are in the Word. They are in devotions. And they just can't get enough. But sometimes in our life, we get busy. We get sidetracked. And we begin to lose that first love. You know, in a marriage, my wife and I, 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 I told her I loved her on December 4th, 1993. I can't, I did it. Or, no, of course I don't forget my anniversary. But I told her I loved her on that day in, in Pontiac, Michigan, at First Old Bible Church. She remembers it. Now, I wouldn't be ashamed if that was the last time I told her. She would not have a smile on her face right now. And she's like, you told me. That day, how much you loved me, but yet now all this time later, you haven't told me since. I can almost say not a day goes by where I don't tell my wife at least once, and she knows I am a, a sucker for being, yes, a little bit of a, I don't know what the right word is, a romantic, oh, she said it, romantic, hey. Wow, that's the best pastor appreciation gift I've ever had. Okay, I'm going somewhere. I wasn't planning on going to church. This, this is a private conversation. But I tell her every day, I love you. You're beautiful. You know, in the same way with our Heavenly Father, how many of It's that first love. When you first let fell in love with Jesus, 
there was like something new and exciting. But I pray that you realize that you can have that every single day. Amen. That that it's called leveling leveling up, not staying in the same place. And this word in Revelation tells us to do the things that you did at first. It's a decision. Amen. It's more than a feeling. It's a decision. I, I, and, and I have to make a decision every day to do certain things. It's a decision. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we stand with our hearts filled with gratitude, Lord, just to be in your house. We, sit, we are here today to learn from you. What a privilege it is to have this moment. What a privilege it is to be in your midst, Lord God. We do not take it lightly. We thank you for the many blessings that we are experiencing in your presence today. Lord, I pray that we would be uh, deliberate every day in making decisions that affect our destiny every single day. We pray this. May we steward this word responsibly. In Jesus' name, let's say it together. Amen. 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 All right. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark now. Gospel of Mark, verses 1 through 12. And I would find Jesus here, and he's coming into the area known as Capernaum, and that is on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Walked through that area myself recently, and it's it's a it's a beautiful place. And he's coming to the city, and and Bible even tells us that the people had heard that he had come home. So Mark chapter two. He's early on the scene here. It says a few days later, verse 1, a few days later when Jesus entered, again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no, that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. So men came bringing him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. Think about that right now while we're preaching the word. All of a sudden, you hear a noise on the roof. How many in this room would be a little bit startled? Someone starts cutting through our roof, our beautiful roof with our nice lights. And in the middle of the sermon, somebody drops down in the middle of the service. Now, how many would be a little bit startled? This actually happened. Jesus was on the second point, preaching a good sermon, and all of a sudden, out from, I mean, from above comes this man. So we have these four men carrying paralyzed men. They, they are getting created. And when Jesus saw their faith, say that with me. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, he said, son, your sins are forgiven it's interesting, he didn't say, son, you're healed. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. Forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there, of course, <laughs> thinking to themselves, they never fail, right? Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? So now, they're in the midst of an amazing miracle, but yet they're still finding fault. Now, I mean, we are in the midst of God doing amazing things in this world today. He's moving by his spirit. He's transforming lives. Some in this room right now, you can say, Pastor, my life right now is being transformed. My life is being transformed right now. And in the midst of all this, we find these, these, this opposition who's saying he's blaspheming. Verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit 
that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? And remember, he didn't respond to what they said. He responded to what they thought. Even though they didn't get a chance to say it, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat. I should have had Taylor leave her mat up here. That would have been good. That's okay. Take your mat. I'll use it later. And walk. So he, he makes it very clear. But I, verse 10, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone as they praised God, saying, we have never, ever seen anything like this. So on this picture, Jesus is on the scene. He's preaching to people. He's got a large crowd, and they're listening to Jesus preach, and he's breaking down the word, I'm sure. And we have these four men who brought their friend to see him. They found a way in, but at first they, they were not successful. And I like to say that they had high hopes. <laughs> They had high hopes of something happening that day. You know, they came to the front door first, then they couldn't get in because the crowd was so packed. Now, if that was the case in this house, Lord, I'm praying that this house is so packed someday that you will come in and you will not even be able to get in because all the early seats, all everything is packed. Would that be okay with it? Would you be okay with the house being packed like that? Signs and wonders. How many believe for signs and wonders to happen? Amen. I pray that every week. I, I don't ever just pray, Lord, I just pray that we have another church service. And I don't. I, I want to see the miraculous things happen. Right? That's what I'm believing for. Signs and wonders. That's what's happening in the story. Miraculous things are happening. But when they came in, they came to the front door. I mean, they tried to come into the front door. And what this represents to me is there's a door of disappointment. They hit a wall. They hit a disappointment. Yet they are trying to level up. They're trying to go to a higher place, bringing their friend to Jesus, carrying this paralyzed man. But yet before they even reached him, there was disappointment. And how disappointing it must have been after carrying their friend all this way to get to the door and find that it was too full. Have you ever come to a place in your life when you've been so excited about something, you've been so amped up, you've been so ready for God to move? Maybe you started a ministry Maybe you prayed about leading a Bible study, and you're, you're prepared for it, and you show up, and you don't find that the response is what you expected. Ever been that before, been in that situation before? I'm sure we all have. Maybe you, you prepared to pray for somebody, and you prayed the prayer, and the response that they gave you wasn't the response that you were hoping for. Maybe you went in for an interview, and, and you, you thought this was going to be a great interview, and you're going to hit it out of the park, and they're going to say, we want to pay you a million dollars on the spot. Hallelujah. Amen. Then you realize that you're not a professional baseball player and you don't make that kind of money. That would be okay. Amen. Make sure you tie to Harperstown Church, 5848 Road. But these guys, these guys had some different kind of faith, didn't they? It wasn't enough. They, they brought him to the door and they couldn't get in. A lot of people right there and there have been like, I tried. God. I tried. I tried to do this. I tried to stop. I tried to serve, but it didn't go the way I wanted. But how many know with God, we should never stop trying. There's always another way. Amen? 
God always says there's always another way. And, and if we stay on track in our walk with Jesus, there's always another way. God will always make it a way. Amen? But sometimes we have to make a decision. Remember Revelation, that verse, that said that it's not just a feeling, it's not just an emotion, but we have to make a decision. Amen? We have to be deliberate. We can't say, well, I don't feel like, how many, there's been many days, I don't feel like doing certain things. I don't always feel like doing all the things that God asked me to do, but sometimes I have to make a decision to do it. To do it, to grow, to level up, I need to make a decision to do it. So they come to the front door and it's it's too full, they're disappointed. But these four guys, and I wonder, do I have four people in the house like this? Do I have four people in the house like this that says, I will carry my friends, even when that door is shut, Pastor? We're going to keep looking for another way. Amen? Amen. I'm going to look for another way for you. I don't give up on anybody. I don't want to give up on any relationships or any person. Say, I will help you. We will pray for a way. God will make a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. Amen? Hallelujah. Is it okay if I steal my wife's thunder? Can I show you a little testimony? I, I prepared it and I thought about this morning. Taylor said yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. You got free going next week. All right. <laughs> Well, I just want to say, because she was praying for the ladies group. Some of the ladies know this, and, and I share this on Wednesday night, but maybe you want to hear. But I just, this is a good example. She prayed, we're doing these events. We're having this women's conference. We're doing this, this event for girls called Girls on Fire. And we're, this is already in motion. We can't stop it. Churches are preparing to come. However, however, maybe the numbers weren't maybe what we thought, or the budget wasn't what we thought, and Lord, we're just, we're just there will be another way. How many of God said there will be another way? So, we're just still going to do this. We're going to trust in God. We're just, we're, we're believing God is going to provide a way. So, Sunday night, last, two weeks ago, it would have been probably two weeks ago, I know she told the ladies here for the Bible study, that, that will you pray with me that God will provide the finances so that we can have these events, that we can be in the black, and we don't even have to worry about it. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Monday morning, she did not tell me. Monday morning, I got a phone call I'm from Pastor Josh Grimes. He's like, Pete. Well, I shouldn't do his voice. I always do his voice. You'll hear it next week. He's like, Pete, I got some really good news for you. I mean, isn't that nice to start your day off like that? Hallelujah. How many like some good news once in a while? You ever let your phone, you're like, uh oh, they're calling me. This <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I got some good news for you, brother. He goes, I got some really good news for you. I'm like, what's that? He goes, well, I just got an anonymous phone call from somebody from Ohio, and they want to give a large amount of money to pay for the events that your wife is hosting at your church. I'm like, praise God. They prayed Sunday night. Now, there seemed to be a closed door, but I know God always makes a way. An, an anonymous person just gave a large enough money probably for the next two or three years of these events. So praise God. So the Girls on Fire event is going to be awesome. But these guys said, we did not carry you all this way to turn around and go home. We have not come this far with Jesus just to stop at the door and say, that's it. This is all God has for us. But how many know God says, I have more for my body, for my church. I have more for you. God has not brought you out of that pit 
God has not brought you out of that addiction. God has not brought you out of those problems just to leave you at a door with no answers or no solutions. But sometimes we have to pick up our mat and say, I have decided to be a part of this miracle. Amen? Hallelujah. So these guys find another way. Yeah, if you go with me back to the story when it hit the door, how many days, it wasn't just the four guys that were disappointed. I have a feeling that the guy on the map was probably a little bit disappointed. You know? I mean, there's a chance that his life was fully disappointed. And it's like another thing was wrong. You know, I've, I've met a lot of people who feel like that. They say, I just feel like I can't win. I feel like I can't get a break. I feel like that things just don't go my way. And, and it's easy for the enemy to come in right there. You remember the parable of Matthew? I hope I'm, I'm going off my notes. But Matthew chapter 13, I believe, is the parable of the wheat and the tares. Is that right? All the Bible scholars, that sound right? Let me just say so. <laughs> Somebody can check it out. Check it out. But if you remember the story, I know the story very well. Jesus teaches this so amazing parable. He says that the man planted, and he planted to get what? A, a harvest, right? He planted good things. But while he was asleep, the enemy came in and planted some undesirable things. So when things began to grow, along with the harvest, weeds grew with the harvest. While he was asleep, the enemy came in and he planted some things. Church, when we are asleep spiritually, that is when the enemy comes in and he plants things that are undesirable in our lives. Amen? So we cannot be asleep anymore in our spiritual walk. That is when the enemy comes in and he plants things that we don't want. They're undesirable things. And Jesus taught that parable. I'm pretty sure it's Matthew chapter 13. So I am right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And so these guys come and find another way. You know, sometimes, sometimes we have to ask God, I need to go to another level. I need to change my, my view, my perspective. And, and, and sometimes the reason that we can't get into that door is maybe that wasn't the door that God had for us. Maybe that's the case. How I many like God is calling us higher? Amen. How I many in this room to say, uh, God is calling me higher? We live in an interest, interesting time of mixture in our society. You know, I was watching, this is so funny. It's not funny, but it is. Kind of. Uh, I was watching the uh, morning news. I don't, I won't even say what channel, but I told Heather, I'm like, I was just watching. You know, one of the morning local morning shows, and they had this young man on there. He came on on the on the show, and they're interviewing him. He's from Detroit. He's now like a pretty well known artist. And he's from Detroit, and he, he's telling a story. And he said, "My dad is a pastor, and I grew up in the church." And he started like giving God praise, and and, and he's like, "Oh, that's so cool! You have a church background." He's like, "Yeah." He goes, "I still I still love God." He's I'm sitting there going, "Like, hey, this is so awesome! This is great." And he goes, God has, this is what he said. He said, God has inspired all my music. Now, how many, I'm expecting like to hear some like gospel. He said, God has inspired my songs, my lyrics, my career, and I give all praise to God for, for him blessing me. And then they like, all right, now performing his song, da, 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 his name, right? And he, get, and he starts singing this song that God inspired him to sing, and God helped him write. And the song is literally all about all the things he wants to do to his baby, to his girlfriend. You following me, church? Come on, so how many of God didn't help him with those lyrics? Yeah. It took you like a few sentences to say, God didn't write that. <laughs> you know, and I was like, 
It's amazing how many people mix, right? They think that God approves things that he doesn't approve. And it's easiest for us, in one side of our mouth, to give God praise. And God does deserve all the praise, but it's amazing how sometimes our lifestyle doesn't reflect what our mouth says. And it's a condition of the heart. It's a, how many know we need a heart transplant in the church today? We have people who are, who are living one way, but their heart needs to change. I pray for that young man. Lord, I pray you just get a hold of that young man. Because I think his heart, he does love God, but he's misguided in some way. He should not be saying that God helped him write his songs. <laughs> okay. You know, there's a famous person by the name of, very famous, Thomas Edison. Who's ever heard of Thomas Edison? Thank you, Thomas, because these light bulbs, you had a big part in their working. There he is. I kind of think he looks like Russ Bowker. I don't know, Russ. I, I was looking at this last night in my office. I'm like, that's Russ. You have not aged. You look good for 150. You know? <laughs> I, I, now you're all going to be thinking that looks like Russ. But Thomas Edison was known, right, for many things. Do you realize he was known for his failures before, uh, before his success? Thomas Edison failed a lot. He failed so many times. Basically, he said, I have failed 10,000 times to finally succeed once. But he said, I've successfully found 10,000 ways that something won't work. He looked at his failures as actually a good thing. <laughs> it says, it took him 1,001 attempts to get this invention right of a light bulb. See, a lot of times we look at our failures and we say, this is who I am. This is this defines me. How many know that we can say, I'm learning from my failures, amen? I'm going to learn from these failures, and I'm going to say, God, I thank you that I can learn from these things and not be the same. Part of leveling up in our walk with God is saying, I do not want to repeat my failures, though. Amen? I do not want to repeat these things. That's part of our growth. So Mark chapter 2, still, Jesus, verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. He didn't hear their faith. He saw them. It's an action. Amen? Remember that. It's an action. Come on, faith. He saw their faith. Faith in action. It wasn't about them talking about how much they trusted God. It wasn't about them talking a big game or how they were. It, it, he saw their faith, church. But now we go to the next door. That first door was shut, and the door on the ceiling is the door that they're going to have to make a door. It wasn't there before. That door wasn't there before. It's not visible. No one else could see it. It didn't have hinges or a handle. But how I many know they saw something that wasn't there? Church. Amen? I mean, they saw a door. You know, many times as believers, sometimes God gives us sight to see things that aren't there to people who don't believe. Amen? I see things in people that maybe the world doesn't see. I hope you see things in people that the world doesn't see. It's called faith. But it's action. We have to take, say with me, action. We can't just say I'm going to help the Crafts for Cause ministry. We have to take action. Amen? And Taylor probably would say amen to that. we got to take action. So they made a door. They made a door. And I, I think Jesus, he, he must have really respected their carpentry. Because he was a carpenter. <laughs> and I'm sure he was like, 
That is another level. He probably was like, a lot of these people showed up today to get healing, which is okay, it's a good thing, right? Or they came to, to watch the show. And a lot of people maybe go to church for the reasons. They're not bad reasons, but maybe they like being around uh, friends in the house of God. But how many know there's another level of people who say, I'm coming today and I'm not leaving without something happening in my life. They saw, Jesus saw the faith. And I'm sure that whole service changed. I'm believing for something to happen in this body of Christ in the middle of the service in Jesus' name that would change the whole environment of this house. Amen? The environment of our world, the environment of our homes, the environment of your marriage, the environment of your, your walk with God. And I pray that God would do something so transforming in your life that you would never, ever, ever be the same in Jesus' name. Amen? Ask God for things. Ask God to, to take you to a new level. In a new place. They made a door. Jesus probably was making a really good point, and all of a sudden, the sound. I, I, don't, I can only imagine they didn't have power saws, so it probably took a while. <laughs> and, and, and stuff probably was falling. Ever think about this? Think about the, the stuff falling in the crowd. And, and, and remember, remember, Mark is writing what Peter told him to write. And, and most scholars believe that it was Peter's house that they were in. It was Peter's home here in Capernaum, which to this day, some of the ruins still stand. And so we have this, the Gospel of Matthew um, is talking about this story. And, and, and in Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, it doesn't say much about the roof, but Mark does. You know, uh, Peter, I believe, wanted to make sure to put in the Gospel that his roof was ripped off in this story. And here comes the dirt. Here comes the man. If I had to give this man a name, I would call him Matt. Because uh, he was laying on a mat. So these four guys are lowering down Matt on his mat. And here comes the anticipation. So we've had, they come to the front door, can't get in. They go, they level up, they make a way, they make a decision. We are going to still find a way to Jesus. I mean, we are a church that we will find a way no matter what it takes. The enemy tries to come in. Church, I pray that we awaken in the name of, I, I just feel prophetically to say right now in Jesus' name that you would awaken, 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 oh slumber in the name of Jesus. I pray, I prophesy in your life that you would awaken in Jesus' name right now. Hallelujah. Awaken, O sleepy person. Awaken from your sleep, O church. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now. God, I pray in Jesus' name. God, that the, the prodigals would return home. That God, that we would not play church. We are living in a day and an hour when we need to find a way in Jesus' name. I need the prophets, I need the intercessors to rise up in Jesus' name. It is time to leave that sin. It is time to walk away from that thing that you've been in in Jesus' name. It is not doing you any good. It is not doing you any favors in Jesus' name. I pray right now you would awaken, awaken, awaken. Hallelujah. Jesus, now I pray right now, God. Thank you for messing up my sermon. 
I pray you would just mess up our lives for you, God. That we have this certain order that we think things should be. God, I pray that you would come in and, and do things in our service. You came in and you brought these men. They dropped down from the ceiling. That service was never the same again. Oh, God, I pray that there would be such a move of the Spirit in this house. Father, you would interrupt our, our busy lives, interrupt our scheduled lives. Like we think we know how things should go, but God, I pray that you would come in and just shake us and wake us and move us, that we could go to another level. Oh, Jesus, I feel your presence in this house. You're telling your church, I love you so much. Come back to that first love. Make that decision today to come back to that first love. And if there's some weeds that have grown in your life, some things that the enemy has snuck in that door, you know it's the season for harvesting those things that have been pulled up right now. Pulled up right now. Jesus. Jesus was saying, before I can do something for you, I want to do something in you. Before I can do something for you, I want to do something in you, in you. The most obvious thing was to heal that man on the mat. The most obvious thing was they lowered him down. Let's heal him. Let's move on with things. That seems very obvious. But sometimes before God can do what is obvious and change your situation, before he can change your situation, he wants to do something in you. So that when he does change your situation, you'll be ready to receive him. How many this morning say, God, I need you to change the situation in my life? I need you to change the situation. You know, we go through ups and downs, but through it all, church, God will find us a way. But we have to. We have to put him. One of my favorite verses, and we all love it very well, Matthew 6, 33. You know it, say, let me seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will begin to you as well. Hallelujah. God, let us seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Let me read this verse again. Would you stand with me? Revelation chapter 2. But I have this to say to you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. Do the works, the things you did at first. It is a decision. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for interrupting our service today. Father God, for the prophetic word that you have spoken here today, God, that it is time for us as leaders, as, as young people, as seasoned Christians, as married people, God, to awaken to the responsibility of the hour that we are living in. The hour is this, that Jesus is coming again soon. In John, I mean, to John, in the book of Revelation, he was warning those seven churches, the seven lampstands. He was saying that there is an hour coming. There is a day coming, church. And I know that trumpet will sound. 
we have a lot of work to do. And there's another way. If what we try doesn't seem to work, let's find another way. If we tried to do this thing and be like, it didn't, it didn't go the way I wanted, it's okay. We're going to find another way, amen? We'll find a way. I want to pray right now for anyone in this room that you say, Pastor, I, I want to pray this prayer to renew my life for a fresh start. Because God's mercy is boundless, endless. His grace is sufficient. It's what we all need. And no matter how many times you've hit that wall, and it's something that you've been trying to stop or something you've been trying to do, no matter how many times you come to the door and you can't get to him, listen, he's saying, don't stop. There's another way. Keep saying, God, I, I surrender my life. I re ask you to renew my heart. Do a work on the inside. Religion tells you to change the outward appearance, but relationship says it's a heart transformation. I need my heart to change. Would you pray this prayer with me? If you say today, I, I want to ask you to renew my life. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you today. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me of my sins. I come to you asking to change me, renew me, and create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for never leaving me. I was the one who walked away. You've always been there. And now today I come back. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. remember church, church, church. God loves you so much. Like I said, He has never left. We're the one. We leave, don't we? We drift. Now, what you said today saying, in faith, I'm making some changes. In faith, I'm forgiven. And you are forgiven. If you said that with your heart, you are forgiven. But guess what? Now, we have to make some decisions. Amen? We are for you're forgiven. You're washed by the blood. It's a new start. But, now you have to make some decisions. And it might be relationships. It might be things that you do. And now God says, let me lead you a different journey in life. It's no better feeling. Lord, I thank you for your word today. Hallelujah. Thank you for speaking to us, God. You have so much more for us than we even realize. You have deeper things. You want our church to grow deeper in this season. Let this be a season of death that we would go deeper with you, God. Deeper. Jesus, we do like those things that we believe you will do. In the name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Listen, be seated just for a few moments. We're going to dismiss you in the next couple minutes. Uh, Willis is going to make an announcement. We're going to ask you to just stay for a second. And then I'll close with a, a prayer and scripture. And then we'll dismiss you. God bless you.
Your, there we go. Can you hear me now? Get your hand off the bass. Can you hear me now? Okay. Um, I have an announcement to make. A uh, very difficult announcement. Um, but as Pastor spoke in this message, it speaks to each and every one of us that God is always on the move. God is always wanting to go forward. God is always wanting to change everything in our life. Amen. Amen. Um, Pastor, uh, Pastor Pete and Heather and the board of members, us, we've always established a, established a ministry of loving people Christ to Christ and turning up believers in Christ. And not only that, but restoring people who need a vision of uh, a season of restoration. Amen? There's always a time in our life that we need to be restored. There's always a time in our life where the enemy would try to come in and, 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 and take us to an area that God brings us back and restores. Recently, Pastor Devin approached Pastor Heather and Pete with a difficult situation in the personal life that we require a season of counseling and restoration. Um, through prayer with the board and the pastors, um, our decision was to was made by the leadership to have them seek counseling and be placed in a sabbatical season, uh, 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 a season of uh, a sabbatical for for a season of healing. Uh, this was not easy, um, but necessary. Is necessary for the personal growth and their healing. And um, currently, Devin, uh, Pastor Devin and Mike are, are seeking marital counseling from a local Christian council. Church, be mindful that you are being bathed over in prayer by our leadership. You are being guided by our leadership by the anointing the power of the Holy Spirit. And one way that the enemy is going to get to you is through leadership. Leadership is not um, superman. They are attacked by the enemy just as you. They are tempted by the enemy just as you. And according to uh, 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 Matthew 7, verse 1 through 6, we are not the judge. We are not to judge unless we be judged in the same manner. And also in Matthew, or, uh, uh, in John, it speaks about Jesus says, those who cast the first stone. It was about sin, cast the first stone inside. You know, Jesus came to, to not cast stones, but to but to forgive and to restore. Um, let's pray for, for Pastor Devin and Mike. Let's stand, let's bathe them in prayer. This is just a season. But you know what? Our church is moving forward. Our church is anointed, it's powerful, it's, it's being led by the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Your leadership or anointed. Uh, we make Decisions, hard decisions, sometimes we have to make as leadership. Amen? But you know what? God is still moving. Yes. We're going to bathe them in prayer. We're going to support them, love them, and let them know that they are loved by us. 
and not judged. Our mission hasn't changed, is to is to win, build, and equip. And our mission is to fulfill the great commission that says in Matthew 28, amen. As a church, we strive to love people with that agape love. And as a church, we strive to restore people as Christ has restored us. We all go through seasons that we need to be restored in. Meantime, um, we have some new youth leaders that's going to come up uh, and, and, and help out during this time. It's going to be guided by uh, uh, Pastor Heather and Pastor Pete. Clara Howe and Nathan Brown will be leading our youth for just for a season with the assistance of uh, Ben and Destiny and, and Carter uh, and also several, several parents uh, of those in the youth group. So please pray for this team as they have the awesome responsibility of leading our teams. Um, we, we as leaders, we love you. And we are so thankful for the unity and the support of this church, this church family, to not only Pastor Pete and Heather, but even us board members. So let's keep our leadership in prayer. And, and let's keep Devin and Mike in prayer as they are being restored, as they're going through marital counseling. And, um, you know, I just want to bring up a small thing that they do a lot in this church. Uh, Pastor Devin, Mike, they do more than, than what you see. They are constantly here. They are constantly busy doing the work of the ministry. And sometimes when we're so busy as leaders, we do neglect our partner. We do, we do neglect our marital home responsibilities, our family. You know, we can, we can be so busy working in the church and forget about our own children sometimes. But I do want to ask, now this is a time for you to help out in areas of need. We need help. We can't do this alone. You know, about five, I, I, I sat and I, I looked at all the ministries, and you know that 5% of this of the, of the body of this church does the work that does the work of the ministry in this church? 5%. And, 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 and we love doing the work of the ministry. We love it. But we need help. We need help in the children's ministry. We need help in the sound tech, projection, nursery. Um, Devin did the, uh, uh, does the host and, and hostesses and greeters and everything else. We have a need there now. I mean, brother, bro, uh, brothers are, are stepping up on the drums. Uh, that mic is gone. So we have a need. And I pray that you would pray about helping us out. Let's bring that 5% to 15, 20% to start. I would love, we would love 100%. But you know what? Let's bring it up to 15 to 20%. Let's fill these gaps that, you know what? If there was a massive influx of people that came to this church that needed Christ today, could we handle the ministry of restoring them? 
Because we're in the ministry of restoration, amen? So please, pray for Pastor Devin, for Mike, for, for Pastor Pete and Heather. Let's bathe them in the It breaks their heart. It should break our hearts that the enemy would come in and try to disrupt and destroy such a mighty move that is going through and rushing through this church. It's not going to stop us. But you know what? It should make us, it should give us a, a righteous anger that you know what, enemy, you are, you are, you are defeated here. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious. We're going to move forward. We're going to see a better move in the power of the Holy Spirit when they return of how great, how more powerful they will be in the ministry. Um, Pastor Heather, can we, can we pray for you? Can we bathe them in prayer right now and just stretch your hands out to them and Father God, we are so thankful that you are in the moon. God, we are so thankful that you are purifying our hearts. According to Psalms, David prays, creating us a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within us. And you are doing that to each and every one of us, God. We are constantly in the fire. We are constantly being purified. And the impurities are coming to the top and, and they are being removed, Father. So God, continue to purify us. Continue to restore us. Our joy, our gladness in you, Father. And Lord, we lift up Pastor Devin and Mike. God, we pray that you minister to them. We pray, God, that you would strengthen them. We pray that you would restore them. Lord, I pray that your spirit is being poured upon them right now. God, that you are guiding them through Christian counseling. Lord, that their marriage would be stronger like never before. God, that you are not only taking them through this time of season, Lord God, to be restored, but you are restoring their spirit, their heart, their mind, God, you are so great and worthy to be praised. God, thank you for reaching us. God, thank you for restoring us. God, thank you for leading us by your spirit, oh God. Thank you for giving Pastor Pete and Heather discernment. Thank you, God, that we have leaders, Lord, that are constantly bathing us in prayer. When they see a situation arise, God, they have the strength to act on it. Even though decisions are difficult, God, even though they're hurtful and, and, and bothersome, God, we thank you for their discernment and wisdom. We thank you for our board, Father, that, that have wisdom and discernment as well, that we're able to come together with unity to make difficult situations when our decisions when they come. But God, we pray heads of protection around our pastors, our leadership. We claim your precious blood over them. Lord, we pray that uh, you would continue to guide them, give them discernment and wisdom and knowledge as we go forward. God, we are looking forward to great things uh, coming 
Lord, we know that we are doing your work when the enemy tries to come in and to disrupt and destroy and to tear down. Because, God, we are going to stand in you and you alone. For once, come, for once comes our help, Father. So, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we look forward to great things. And Lord, I pray for our, our membership, our congregation. Lord, I pray that you would touch them, guide them. Lord, I pray that you would raise up intercessors in this group. I pray that you would raise up teachers in this group. I pray that you would raise up nursery workers in this group. I pray that you would raise up uh, uh, hostess and ushers and those that need to serve in the greeters, Father God, in this group. But we want workers within. So raise us up, Father God, so we can so we can win, build, and equip people to do the work of the ministry according to Matthew 28, the Great Commission. So, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this great word that Pastor has given us, such a timely word for this moment. So, God, we would continue to go forward. And we continue to look forward and not look back. Lord, we will not judge. But, Lord, we will love and restore and, and pray. We thank you for this time. Lord, I pray for the uh, for for Clara and for Nathan. Lord God, I pray you'd use them. Lord, they are ready. They have grown in this church. We've seen them grow. We've seen them mature. So God, they are ready to share the gospel of Christ to our youth. And I pray you would protect them. I pray you would protect the word, Father God. I pray that as they speak your word, that the word would fall on the hearts of our youth on good soil and that it would grow and God, that they would become our future leaders, Lord Jesus. So God, we thank you and praise you for them for stepping in and during this time. We thank you and praise you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, thank you, Willis. Why don't we stand? I appreciate you covering us, bathing us in prayer. Oh, this is your Bible. It looks just like my Bible. Look at that. All right. I do believe in the power of prayer. Amen? I mean, it's real. It's, you feel it. And moving forward, that's what we are called to do. We're called to pray. And as Willis mentioned, I, I, what I love is in the church, God has given us each a measure of gifts and things. Um, some in this house, you have the gifts of intercession. I can't say enough about people who come and pray with me on Tuesdays or you pray on Fridays at your home. Go on prayer walks. That's a gift. Some of you have the gift of, of, of giving. You are literally so faithful in your giving, um, it keeps the church. But all, we all have a measure of the gift of helps. That's what he's talking about, is the gift of help. And ask God, where can I help? Where can I give? Let's begin by praying, amen? And seeking out, in our own personal life, we need to say, Lord, just, I ask that you would help me to stay within, as we heard last week, my lane. I want to read this verse, Isaiah 41, 10, I'll, I'll close with prayer. And uh, there is a short meeting after service for the Girls on Fire Conference, which is coming up. I'm excited about that, amen? Isaiah 41, 10, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, 
for I am your God. Amen? Don't be discouraged. We're not going to take this and let it. It's not going to dictate my life. I'm God. You, you give me joy. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isaiah 41.10. Lord, we, we take this first and we hold on to it, Lord God. We are not afraid. We are not discouraged. You will strengthen us and help us through everything that we're going through, God. Lord, we, we exalt you. As it said in Psalm 48, we give you the highest praise. Highest praise, God. Bless each one as we go forth from this place. Lord, I, I'm already anticipating next Sunday to be a Sunday that we will never forget. Lord, I pray we will come in this house with such excitement, energy, and enthusiasm to praise our God with everything that we have. And this week will be a great week of personal growth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You know this, but I got to tell you, we sure do love you. And we do appreciate your prayers and your words of encouragement. And uh, I'm excited next week. Pastor Josh will be here. Come early. And we have cake after the service. We've got some things to do, so be blessed. Have a wonderful day. Amen.